Oh shit, we don't have a theme song. Oh shit, you're right. What are we gonna do? I don't know. Like, do get do we have time to buy something? No, no. We just we just have to riff. We're gonna Go. just riff, riff it. Oh, oh shit, it's the nostalgic front. A podcast from Patrick and Reem. We like movies, TV, and games. Junk food, juice boxes, forgotten things. Oh wow, that was that was adequate. Yeah, that was like pretty good. Yeah, are we just gonna use it for every episode? I, th- I think we should. I think we have to. Thank you for listening to the Nostalgic Front. I'm Patrick Hasty. And I am Boo Randon Ream. Ooh, how's it going, Boo Randon? It's October now. Sure, Boo Randon. I got Boo Randon. I like that. Yeah, thanks. How, what was it? Scream? Boo Randon Scream? Is that it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What was mine? Pat Trick or Treat Hasty? There it That's is. That's what I was last year. Hell yeah. Uh, how are you, buddy? I'm fantastic. Fuck yeah, you are, dude. Snapping. Yeah, dude. Oh, you hear that on their <laughs> mic? I can... Oh, I didn't say The first one was... That was a good snap. There it is. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, What's new? You you were in Beast Village. Yeah, you did the fest. It's a great time. Yeah, fine, fucking fan. Seeing all the friends, mm-hmm. handing out buttons and stickers. Yeah, getting the word a lot out. Of NFers. A lot of NFers. Uh, that's actually one of our biggest bases. That's a hot hotbed of NFers. Is, you're not gonna leave this. We have fucking listeners in like all over Africa now. Whoa. And last week, not like a ton. But like we had like one or two listeners in like fucking all over. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, we've had a good run lately. Uh, what have you been up to? You been up to any old shit? Uh, I got to see that new Predator. Oh boy, I've heard nothing but bad things. How'd it go? People are too hard on it. Yeah. But, I mean, what do you want from a Predator sequel? Sure. It's like trying to ask for depth from the Venom movie coming yeah, out. Yeah, I guess you're right. Oh, you that know? doesn't look good either, man. I think, you, I think you're going to like the Predator. I will watch it. I'm not going to watch it in the theater. I was planning on it. I was going to go see it in Detroit, and then I decided not to. Uh, I'll watch it when it gets to HBO Go. It's fine. Yeah. You know? I, I, don't, uh, know, I don't know how anybody could watch... If you watch all the other movies in the franchise, it's one of the best. I think what I think what it is is that uh, the good guys is so good, yeah. That people and I also really love Iron From Man. What 3. I heard the uh, they said you can make this movie mm-hmm. how you want, and then they were like, "But you can't." Oh, really? That they put a lot of restrictions on him? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, because yeah, it feels like the movie he wanted to make was the end credit scene. Oh, okay. So yeah, they did yeah. like extra but, stuff later. The dialogue is really funny. Yeah. The, well, it's cast, got a good cast. the cast is great. Yeah. Thomas Jane is yeah. wonderful I in it. I know Thomas Jane. Uh, He's not in a lot of stuff anymore. Uh, Key or Peel, whichever one. Yeah, yeah. Key. Whichever Keegan one Michael didn't Key. win an Oscar. Yeah, sure. He's really great. Well, in hold it. out. He might get one. He might get a nomination for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How good was he? But you know? uh, it was it was dumb fun. Yeah. A uh, lot, l- lot of good kill scenes. Yeah. You know, it's nothing. Predator is. A franchise that is just one good movie that they keep trying to like get something out of yeah. it because it has they see sci-fi and they see I a feel like iconic though. monster and they're like we can do something with it but I mean the first Predators here yeah hi yeah uh, Predator Two is about you know uh, what do you give them ranking numbers because we're on an audio thing. Predator One yeah okay. give it a numbers system one out of ten oh that's a ten yeah. Yeah, yeah. Predator, Predator two? 2 is like a six and a half. Okay. Predators is like a six. I never saw Predators. The Predator is like a... Which one's The Predator? Is that is, the new one? Is like a 5.98. Is that the new one? Yeah. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. You know, and then Alien versus Predator. Those are separate. Those aren't even part of the same like universe. They're probably like threes. Those aren't even part of the same universe. You know that? They don't consider them canon? Oh. In either universe. In, yeah. In the Aliens or the Predators universe. That's fine. They're... They, they, they serve them. their purpose. Never saw them. First one was okay enough. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, who cares? Predator mythology is dumb. Yeah. 
You know, the first I, Predator is great. I think they could really, and I, I, I don't know, I've never made a movie, so it's kind of dumb for me to guess, but I think there's a really good sequel. There's a Terminator 2 or an Aliens in the Predator universe, and they still have not made it. Yeah, it's, I mean, they it's can, Arnie yeah. in space. Sure. <laughs> Whoa. Send him there now as an old guy? Yeah. <gasps> as the general? Yeah. The guy and, leading and, the fight and against Predators? Ki- and he's kind of quiet. Maybe like the whole movie, you don't even see him, but then later it's like, we got a guy who's done it before. Yeah, and I'm just him. saying, if you're making... The, the movie would have made $50, $60 million opening weekend if it had Arnie in it. Yeah. People wanted, have wanted Arnie back in a Predator movie Why forever. Why wasn't he in it? How, uh, they, Did he not want it? The studio didn't want to give him a big role. Sure. And he was like, I'm... I'm Arnold. I'm not doing the fucking. Yeah, thing. I heard he said he's not gonna be back. Yeah, I won't be back. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's crazy. Uh, goddamn. But it was fun. Yeah. Rent it. It's. it's I'll, a, I'll watch it when it comes to X. When a, it gets on my Xbox for free, yeah. I'll watch it. I mean, they should make. They'll probably make another one. It was, I'm sure. It's not like it was a big budget. Yeah. And uh, like I said, it was. It had the perfect amount of like tongue in cheek cheese. Yeah. I mean, there was and there was enough. Shane Black in it to keep mm-hmm. it as a, it, you know it probably is better than Predators as I'm thinking about it. I want to see Predators. It's a very entertaining movie. Pred- who's in Predators? Uh, Anton Ye- Yelchin? Uh, Topher Grace. Is he really? Uh, who's the guy that played Machete? Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo? Uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Oh and like uh, uh, what's his name? Who's the guy from The Piano? Yeah. I can't think of that guy's and He's name. all ripped in Adrian it. Adrian Brody. Yeah yeah. Maybe because I, I see what I do is I mix Predators up with uh, Terminator Salvation, which I also never saw. Oh, that's garbage. You can skip yeah, that. But, but I think I, I inferred the Predators was garbage mm-hmm. because Predators is one predators of those movies. Predators is fine. It's one but of those movies. It's, it's very much like uh, the one that's trying its hardest yeah. to take what made the original good mm-hmm. and try and uh, it's, well, reincorporate pre- it, where it's like we're going to drop a cast of characters in there because that's what you need is interesting. Uh, one-dimensional characters that yeah. are going to get killed off one by one, and it delivers on that promise. Ooh, and it has an awesome scene of a predator uh, uh, having a showdown with a samurai. So Ooh. that's cool. The uh, It reminds me, it's a lot like the Fantastic Fours, though, in the Spider-Mans, too, kind of, where the Predator movies only get made because they're going to lose the rights, and they don't want to lose the rights. So that's what happened with Predators was it was only made because they didn't want to lose their rights. I don't think that's true. I think that's true. They, but it's made by 20th Century Fox. I don't think, like... You know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. So what about you? Been up to any old shit? You know I have. Uh, I've been up to this thing. I uh, I really want a gaming system. You know? I really want like a Nintendo Switch or something because I want to play video games when I'm on the, the subway trains. Uh, and I, 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 I like playing dumb phone games. I don't know if you've ever played. There's a, fun, a phone game that I'm really hooked on right now that's called uh, Love Balls. Have you heard of this game? Uh-uh. It's fun. It's like you're trying to connect. It's just like a dumb downloadable free game. But I did this thing where I <laughs> I was too good at it. So, And I'm not good at nothing, but I, I achieved it. It's like a puzzly type game. But I'm now I'm waiting for them to build new levels. Um, and so I uh, I downloaded another, uh, I, the same one I always have, this like SNES ROM uh, emulator off of uh, the, uh, the Google Play. And uh, I started playing this game that I had never played before. But I really like called Final Fight. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's great. You, you know about Final Fight? Is uh-huh. that a game that everybody that knows is about? You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm playing. I've been playing Final Fight Three. It's a Capcom game. It basically feels like you're playing Mortal Kombat or a Street Fighter. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's, it's a, a story. Up. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a, you're moving along and stuff. Um, and it's very fun. Uh, I got to. I beat stage three. I got to stage four last night. But the only problem is, is that because I, I'm not paying for this emulator, I can't save 
or anything. So like I just have to hopefully it doesn't crash when I you know go to other apps on my yeah. phone. Um, but I played a shit ton of it in the last two days, and I really like it. It's very fun. Um, and it's also a game that because um, the controls are fucking stupid on the emulator on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those games where it's not too like I can I can't play Mario on my yeah, phone yeah. because it's well you're just walking and either yeah. hitting A to punch or B to kick. Yeah, and, and sometimes both at the same time exactly. to grab yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could definitely do it there. And then the the Zelda game I started playing, the Link to the Past, and that's fun too. But I'm I don't know how to play it. I never played it before, so yeah, I'm like fucking wandering forever. Um, but yeah, so I've been doing that, and that's really fun. Um, cool. God damn, we got a fucking good guest today. You got I'll a great you. ad too. We got a great, great sponsor. oh great sponsor today too. Uh, so what's we uh, take a break, uh, get to that, and come back. Okay. Today's episode is brought to you by. It could be worse. Uh, a podcast from uh, Nebraska Improv Comedy Group, The Weisenheimers. Oh. Now, are you familiar with The Weisenheimers? Oh, yeah. Fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done shows with them all over. Omaha I'm wise on those Weisenheimers. They've received, over time, the, the group has received eight nominations from the Omaha Entertainment and Arts Awards. It's fantastic. Uh, and what they do is they tell stories on this podcast. Uh, they uh, talk, tell stories about how improv has helped them out and stuff like that. Um, and then they also just have people submit stories and then they'll improv and talk about it. Uh, the Weisenheimers are uh, Monty, Teresa, and Cullen. Uh, great, fantastic, Brian. Um, the show is great. If you love comedy, if you love podcasts and stuff like that, if you're an effort for sure, you're going to want to check us out. It's fairly new. They just started in December. So uh, there's only like 10 episodes or so out there. Oh, cool. So you can catch up early. You don't have to worry about, oh, this whole backlog and there's a universe. You can just go start listening now. Uh, it's called It Could Be Worse. You can find it on uh, Stitcher. You can also get it on, uh, uh, what's it called? SoundCloud. Uh, so go listen to that right now. Uh, tell them that. No, uh, listen to our podcast. Well, right now, listen to our podcast. But then, then as soon as you're done. Listen to theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, go listen to It Could Be Worse from the Weisenheimers. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay. And we're Angie, back. Oh, you Becca. motherfucker. We're back. <laughs> we are. What a great commercial. Uh-huh. And what a great top of the show. We should say that, too. You know, like sometimes we're in it. I think it was one of the best. I do, too. Sometimes we're on top of sh- it's the tops of the top the tops of the top of the, of the show. show that's what i say top um, of the pops top of the rock top of the show top of the pops man it was so sad when they hopped on pop oh boy remember that mm-hmm. how do you write that book dr seuss without crying the whole fucking time <laughs> uh goddamn we got a great guest today hell yes talk about do. the tops tops uh goddamn uh you guys have seen him on the late show was even Colbert. Uh, he wrote a song for Sesame Street, which is like basically like that's a huge get for us right there. Did, what did he write the alphabet? <laughs> I think he did. Oh, we'll find wow. Out. Uh, and also, he's got a fantastic podcast called Hampton High, uh, which you guys can get on Forever Dog. If you're listening to our show, you got to be listening to Hampton High. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for our friend Tim Platt. Hello, thank you, everyone. Hello, hello. Welcome hello. to the show, Tim. <laughs> hello, don't go away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's uh, cool. Okay, I got to ask about this <laughs> this song you wrote for Sesame Street. Yeah, I'll talk about that. Uh, <laughs> you said it like you. Okay, listen. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll get into it. It's. I mean, it's the best thing I've done in terms of. It's the best thing. No I, shit. Well, writing a song for a fucking the greatest thing of all time. <laughs> in ter- yeah, in terms of like you know we're all striving for media grabs. Mm-hmm. In our, oh yeah. In our lives and career. It's like the top of. It's the both the top of the things I've done. Yeah. That I can talk about. And then it's also, and then also the per, a personal like, yeah. oh good, I did that. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah, uh, it's gonna catch anybody's attention. And if anybody's not impressed by the fact you wrote a song for Sesame Street, it's like, who would want anything to do with that person? Sure, sure, sure. It is like a good way to be like, oh, if 
This is you might know me. You might get you me ever, a little bit there. That's the thing in comedy, and this might sound too gross. I hope this doesn't. But like every once in a while, you'll be like on the road, or you'll be in another city, or something like that, and somebody's like. You know, and you could, and it's not that it's not like a respect thing, but somebody will be like, I don't like you can look at other comics and they look at you and they're like, I don't know if you're real. And so you can kind of be like, for you, it'd be one of those things you'd be like, I, I wrote a song for Sesame Street once. They'd be like, oh yeah, okay, he's real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, I feel it, that way. Exactly. And like in, in a very, in an emotional way, in an emotional sense, mm-hmm. it rules because it's like a thing I've loved for a long time and mm-hmm. it's like an accomplishment and I like what I made. And then in like a business sense, it's like, oh, I can now go up. As a specific type of comedian, yeah. as a specific type of comedian that I am, if I go up and say, I did one, I did a sketch on Stephen Colbert, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like, that's sort of, it's like, it's, it's cool, it's cool yeah. but it's also like, what, sure, so, mm-hmm. sure, um, but this is like, oh, it does say who I am in a way that's right, yeah. like, and I appreciate it in a very, uh, and it's just sort of like, get to know me yeah. type of way. Yeah, I didn't even know you wrote a song for Sesame Street till today and when I heard that I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. All of a sudden it makes getting like you know, we always we don't book idiots on this show, but like all of a sudden I was like, ooh, we got a better guest, yeah, we you are, know? We already got two idiots hosting it. <laughs> yeah, Why yeah, you yeah. Want to book the thing it? is I'm not, but I just for sure, yeah, yeah, just yeah. Well, we know, but lipsticks and rouge for the podcast. Exactly. Uh now this remember this ream? Uh I almost had this great opportunity last year, last December. Uh, and I'm not, a, I don't act. I don't have any of that stuff. I don't ever go out for auditions or anything. But I got a random email that I was, that my wife and I and our dog were going to be in a, 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 a sketch for SNL or for Sesame Street. Oh, cool. And do you remember this? Yeah. And it was like, and I forgot all about it. And then I remembered it before we did our fun size a couple weeks ago. But I was like, I can't bring that up. It's too, it's too sad. Because what happened was they gave us a date and it was going to be in Prospect Park right by our apartment. So mm-hmm. we were just going to be able to walk our dog to the park and then be on Sesame Street. Wow. And then they gave us a date. And then they moved the date. And then they moved the date again to uh, December 24th. And I was like, okay, well, we're not going to film this on Christmas Eve, you know? And then they're like, we're going to move it again. And then they moved it to New Year's Day. And I was like, okay, they're not going to film this on New Year's Day. And then eventually they scrapped it. And so, like, by in the beginning of February, they were like, we're sorry, we're not going to do the piece now. And so, like... I had this whole month of be- of that feeling of being like, oh my god, I'm gonna get to do a thing on this thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it all fell apart in the long run. That's a you know what I mean. Do you, what, do you know what it was gonna be? It was supposed to be an Elmo's World uh, thing, but it was gonna be about dog walkers. I like Elmo. I think right. people give Elmo a hard time. We just talked about it, uh, Elmo, and you, you, of course you haven't listened yet. That episode's not out as, at the time of recording, but uh, we uh, we talked about how Elmo kind of like came out of nowhere. I think Elmo is such a successful character on mm-hmm. that show. And I think in a lot of non like, and what I mean by that is that like he's his voice is amazing. Yeah, like yeah. the songs that he sings are really really good because he reaches that really high register. Yeah, yeah. He's really cute and funny. Yeah, and he's all about love. And he's all oh, about totally, love. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, he he. I mean, and uh, nobody. I, I mean, for what Sesame Street does, they don't really. Prior to Elmo, I can't think of anybody that was all about like. You know, just it was like pure I mean, Grover. love. I think Grover. Grover. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But Grover, see, because uh, like I, I'm more in the camp of Grover, but I think it's just because of my age. Uh, yeah. But uh, and I and I like I love Elmo. I always have. But uh, Grover though to me was so like important. Uh, when you were growing up, did you were you like watching the show every week? Was that like your childhood? You always have it on and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. every week, every day. I think actually, you know, I mean, I. I it's cool. so funny. I don't know how I watched that show, but I yeah. certainly did, and I loved it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I 
loved the characters. I loved the animations. Like it was just I don't know. Yeah. You love you're a kid and you love it. You sure. Know? Yeah, plus it's uh, one of those shows that's on everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you go to daycare or sure. anything like that. You walk down the street, even like in my hometown, you walk down the street by the school and there's a big portrait of Big Bird yeah. up on the wall, you know? You got you know, Sesame Street Live that you just get, ran. everybody randomly went to once. Yeah. And I loved the albums. I loved the oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I loved the music and I loved, um, like, Elmo's song is a great mm-hmm, song. Mm-hmm. I loved uh, that really sweet. You know, imagination. Remember that? I one? had yeah, rubber, yeah, yeah. rubber ducky. Uh, you know, and off of uh, Ernie sings the blues on vinyl. Mm-hmm. On our fun size, when we reached out to the NFers, Tim had suggested a couple of those videos that we played. Were the ones the the frogs, uh, um, frogs in the glen, frogs in the glen, which and I didn't know before because I don't think that one. Was, I didn't know that one. I only found that one through YouTube because yeah. that one is not on like the greatest hits of yeah. Sesame Street for whatever reason. Because that one actually chokes me up. Yes. You know? And um, there was a uh, um, the one with uh, um, Madeline Kahn mm-hmm. was like um, like with it was amazing and so it's like it's really crazy how how like important the show was for teaching children and for inclusivity inclusive whatever that were you mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about and but then also for like just putting out like really good stuff really good art you know I think there's song I think the art create so I do want to. A lot of stuff that really I connect to is work that is designed for children. Sure. And I think it's such a great place for creativity. Yeah. And that, oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of creators that I like are making stuff in that vein. And also, do, you don't have to deal with, like, uh, cynicism in oh, your totally. audience. So you're able to, you know. Yeah. There's something that's like, I don't know. There's something to me that like this makes choices more exciting and more mm-hmm. playful. Yeah. And, like, the songwriting in Sesame Street was really outstanding. They had, like, really amazing songwriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read that Street Talk book. Oh yeah, the, um, and that's the bio, but like kind of the story of the Sesame story Street. of like the story of the creation of Sesame Street. And like, I'm not gonna remember their names or yeah. like their histories, but I know they were pedigreed songwriters. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I would like to visit the moon. Come on, it's a classic. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not easy being green, which for is sure. A classic. Um, it's crazy. Caribbean amphibian. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's crazy how. Um, that's like we've talked we talk about this with a lot of different things but like this like i think of sesame like i think of sesame street when i think back of my childhood the same way like i think of my great grandpa mm-hmm. oh, you know what yeah. i mean like it was like oh this thing i've always known since the beginning and then at some point i kind of and, fell off of it and it was something you could relate to with older people mm-hmm. yeah, you know? yeah my dad an older person's going to see you playing with sesame street or whatever yeah and they're going to come over and talk to you about uh you know they're going to know exactly what you're playing with yeah 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 they're they're gonna do ernie while they play with the ernie toy and you know they're not gonna do that with Mm x-men you know that makes me think about is that i um i recently went to not uh like a year ago i saw weird al at radio city music hall um a friend had like gotten an extra ticket that his friend backed out and then he knew who i was (laughs) like he's Uh, he's my friend so he like gave me this ticket and it was a really great show. Weird Al's mm-hmm. a really great performer. Um, it is sort of like a review of his work, so you do get a sort of like, Jesus Christ, like yeah. you're this strange monument yeah. know, sure, sure. of media. But then also, I got really moved because at least like towards the end, they did the Star Wars songs. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And they were kids who were singing it with as much enthusiasm as their parents. Sure, sure. And I just got really moved by that, by being like, these are... Two generations. They're just, they earnestly like this stuff. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the adults have like a sort of 
mm-hmm. specific nar- uh, 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 nostalgia to it, have a specific like context for it. Yeah. But they're sharing it with equal enthusiasm as the kids. Yeah. We're having a really like pure in the moment thing. So like I don't know. That's that's it's really sweet. I think yeah. that's a really valuable, cool thing for creativity and culture. Mm-hmm. And I do think as like stand ups. It's harder. I think it's sometimes harder to be in those both those spaces because yeah. stand up is like, I think it's fair to say, even if you're clean, it's a mature art mm-hmm. form. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Oh, yeah. There's no clean comic. I mean, unless maybe it's like some, it's more of like an outlier yeah. clean comic that's like doing stuff that a child's really going to be into, like a Weird Al almost. Like yeah. was kind of that's how you had to be. Um, that was filling that void that role in comedy. If you're work with kids, you don't want to work clean anyway. Yeah. You, you want to drop doo doo line. <laughs> yeah, uh, you want to talk about gosh. poop yeah. and fart and boogers. And that's the kind of show. Not boogers. We're out oh, on boogers. Geez. We don't do that. Kids show. though, I'm talking kids. Kids like that. Show. That, oh. that stuff kills. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Tim, where are you from? I'm from Maryland. I'm Maryland. From, I'm from Ooh. outside the MD. The MD. I'm from outside DC. Okay. Um. Uh. I grew up in Potomac. Where my where I grew up is now zoned as Rockville. If anyone oh, in the area weird. knows, a lot of Rockville heads listen to the show. So, okay. yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, um, yeah, I grew up in that. Cool. Area. And what? Yeah, growing up, uh, you have brothers and sisters, stuff like that. Or? I'm a middle brother. I oh, have an cool. older brother. I've got a younger brother. Nice. Um, uh, my older brother's about two grades, uh, some in between months yeah. older than me. Um, uh, my younger brother is about four years younger. Than Was me. he uh, too cool for you uh, in school? Your older, older brother? brother? No, 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 no. He, oh, we nice. Were, we were close. He was good. a good older brother. He That's was good. He was he um uh, uh he definitely like a lot of older brothers. He like pushed me to some media, mm-hmm. um and also was uh good and supportive and like didn't make me feel bad about stuff. That's good. And like friends, and he had friends who were also ni- his friends were nice to me too. You oh, know? cool. That feels like the kind of perfect oh, thing. Oh man, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was yeah. it was nice. My brother was like fucking eight years older, and he was mean to me all the goddamn time. You know, uh, my brother was both. Yeah, and then were and then do, were you kind of do you feel like you felt filled the same role for your younger brother? No, he's a little no. You're <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, no. I yeah, think, that kid's well, on his own. Uh, uh, me, me and him have a good relationship now, but yeah. I think when I was younger, I like. Um, we fought a lot sure. for reasons that like I couldn't really explain. It to you. probably <laughs> is the age difference, really, because well, your older brother was if he's too, you know, he that's so much closer. Somebody that's younger, there's such a brain development difference between a ten year old and a four year old or whatever, you know, or a five year old. But also, I do think it's a bit on me. I was like a chubby kid and mm-hmm. an insecure kid, and my little brother was sort of like, in my mind, yeah. sort of like a, a wonderkind, like sure. darling child. Oh, yeah. Because um, he was like very smart and very mm-hmm. athletic, and is very smart and very like uh, a very skilled athlete um, and cool in a way that I wasn't, which like, for the what ages we were, that shouldn't be. A th- that shouldn't yeah. make me mean to a little brother, you know. Yeah, yeah. but I was because sure, I was sure. a sensitive little boy. So like, you're like you're almost yeah. You're like uh, having a little brother syndrome to your little brother. A sort little, of. yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and then your parents were. It sounded like we were talking before the show. Your parents seemed like pretty cool, like into like cool thing. Like you're getting you into like musicals and things like that. Yeah. Mm. So my parents. It's so in it. It's so interesting the way I was raised. God um, damn it! It's got to be. You know, that's what the show is. It's just what they chose to do with me. <laughs> unbelievable. Um, what do your parents do? My dad is a lawyer, and my mom at that time was a uh, was stayed at home. Okay. Um, and then when I was in high school, she started going back to school to get her master's in like 
I guess, counseling. And so now she's like a counselor for like middle school students. Oh, cool. And, like, uh, That's good. Their mental health, their that's cool. Well, she probably, maybe she was like looking at her kids. She's like, well, these guys turned out okay. I can probably help the community, you know? You know what? I will say, and this does kind of speak to what this is. I mm-hmm. think both my parents really like kids. Oh, that's and good. And I think really like talking to kids. And like my mom has always been really good with middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and a works good, with them now. And that's a time you need to be good to kids. It's yeah, no really shit. true. It's really like, it's mm-hmm. really cool and knows how to talk to them and likes talking to them. Yeah. And my dad has always really liked talking to like high school, college age. He's like a, in his job, I think he mentors a lot of younger sure. people. Um, and I don't know. Both of them have always had that sort of like, I don't know, I don't know if this sounds, di- if this is different from other parents, maybe it's not. But yeah. like, I've just always, as an adult, I have noticed that they really like talking to certain age groups in a way that I think is really respectful. Sure. You know? Yeah. And the way that a lot of parents didn't talk, to me at certain times. You yeah, know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that's big with kids, anyways. Is just respect, mm-hmm. or just for sure. Yeah, and and I think a lot about. And my parents were great, but there was a lot of times where they, I don't think that respect was necessarily there. You were like another. You were just like a kid. You were a different, a lower class human in the house. And I can think of a lot of times that my parents would be talking about stuff that they probably didn't think I could process or could hear. Oh yeah. I'm like, oh, I fucking heard you guys talking about all this stuff, like, you know, a weird murder or something like that, or, yeah. you know, some horrific news story, and I'm mm-hmm. like three or four, and I'm in, I'm taking this in, um, because I think I think that's the thing. I think you kind of look at, and I think being a guy in his uh, early 30s who doesn't have children, I feel like I'm way more, I w- like, I, when I see a kid on the subway or something like that, and I see some parents, I'm like, oh, yeah, that kid knows what's happening. That oh, yeah, kid's yeah. paying attention, you know? I, it's so, yeah. I think I've worked with kids a lot as an adult, the past few years, I've... Yeah, Ooh, I, what happened there? That's uh, my old... Well, if we're going back there, my, yeah, yeah. I used to talk like this. I oh, really? Stuff, to did you really therapy. have the lisp? Oh, I had wow. the lisp. I had the R's. How did um, you get rid of the lisp? Classes? Went to speech therapy. Yeah. Oh. Speech therapy. Was it through the school or separate? I th- it was at the school, so yeah, it yeah. must have been through the yeah, school. Yeah, I get, you get to skip a class, and then you, yeah. go, you go read a bunch of TH words. Did you have that? Yeah. Have we oh, talked really? about this? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't, that's crazy. I because I had one. I had I still I had SHs, SHs and CHs, and uh, like I was doing the same thing speech therapy. But then our speech therapist at our school's husband died, and so she had to stop because yeah. she had to go run his business. And so then our school was just like, yeah, fuck it. And so like I kind of, and so I just ended up yeah. learning how to say words differently. Mine was uh, trying to get those S's down because they all came mm-hmm. out like THs. Yeah. So you just go and you just like <laughs> in yeah. a room. That's like how, a half hour. That's how my wife is. I we saw a video once of her when she was really little, and it's like she's doing an impression of the kid from the Brady Bunch. Like her oh, yeah, S's right. were so, you know, messed up. There, I, it's funny when uh, they whistle. Yeah. You ever have any of those yeah. people with like a slight like? Whistle? You mean like the d- old my, dog in Fox and Hound? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my boss, uh, I, when I worked like a crappy office job for a few months, uh, every S at the end of it would. You yeah. know, just give that little whistle. And Love it. It's really hard when he's like reprimanding you. And yeah. You just hear this. You little, try not to laugh. You know? Yeah. You uh. know, I've never talked to people about this before, but when you start doing stuff, I've always been really insecure about mm-hmm. my voice yeah, and yeah, about yeah. my addiction, you know? Yeah. And when you, when I started doing stand up, I really made a point of super enunciating every word. I oh, could yeah. Because I was so worried. I assumed I was just going to be slurring my words. Yeah, yeah. And like it took a while for me to be like, that is, I actually sound insane when I yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't sound like myself, so I can't communicate anything that I think and is I think funny. That's funny too, because I think that's a thing that a lot of people do when they start doing stand up. Maybe not necessarily in that form, but people, you go from being just a person to being somebody who's speaking in front of people, and then you're like, 
you're overanalyzing everything. So I, I used to do that when I first started. I wouldn't, I wasn't enunciating every little thing, but I was paying attention to making sure that I was like saying the right word always. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, am I using the wrong, uh, whatever, like, like a who or whom exactly. Type thing. Yeah, yeah. And but that was never who I was in conversation. And eventually, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I kind of was like, oh yeah, I could just be myself up there. Um, but I'll still because I still have this weird SHCH thing. So like on stage sometimes, I don't know. If, I used to have this joke about where I would talk about eating a peanut butter and cheese sandwich. And I have all these videos from like 2011 where like I'm on stage and in the video bit, I'm like, uh, so anyways, then I ate this peanut butter and, and then just a whole beat of me like swallowing all the spit in my mouth <laughs> so I could clearly say cheese. And, and it's so, I have a bunch of videos where I'm doing that. But in the moment, I was just like, oh, I'm really selling this. You know what I mean? That's but, so yeah that's a funny yeah. i mean i don't know who this would be for but for yeah. you to edit all those oh i should oh <laughs> i also used to when i started i used to do that hey remember that really? oh yeah i used to open all my sets like uh instead of being like hey how's it going i'd be like hey <laughs> it was so weird it was like such an idea i had <laughs> like, uh and i have all, i have a super cut of all of those and it starts off with like when i first started doing comedy i'm like hey and people are like yeah and then it ends dying in new york once i was like six months into new york and i go up and i'm like hey and somebody in the back just goes hey yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I gotta figure something else out. Your, uh, your, uh, oh, what's up, Rose? Yeah, exactly, yeah. kind of. Yeah, it, I think it was <laughs> what it was was in college. We used to watch Arrested Development all the time, and so all my friends in college got into Hey Brother. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, that yeah. was kind of like I was like, I need to have a, I want a thing that maybe people will recognize. Because when you start doing comedy, you're an idiot. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, That's funny. I used yeah. to go from all right. Now I'm more of a hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah and you yeah. used to end, maybe you still do this sometimes, but you used to end all your sets with, uh, I've been Brandon Ream. Oh, yeah. I haven't and, done and that forever. What was the other thing? Like, you'd be, I'll, I'll I'm continue Brandon to be Brandon Ream. I'll continue to be Brandon Ream. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, I've been ending all mine with, with uh, um, I, I'm grateful for your attention. And I wanted to bless you all. Mm-hmm. And then the music starts swelling, right? Because yeah, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. that <laughs> music but, because It's sort of like a, uh, it's a sort of like a Oscars bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm being waved off stage. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh boy, it's it doesn't so sound fun. that grouchy. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So what else were you into when you were a kid? When I was a kid, um, I was into the X Men for sure. That was a big thing. Like the cartoon or the comics or both? The cartoon got me into the comics, and I read those like. Chris Claremont big pack of like early X-Men mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. that I've actually been rereading recently. Sure. Um, and I really love just the idea of the X-Men oh, and yeah. the characters. Yeah, my, yeah. My you have crawler. a lot of the uh, toys? Um, I didn't have a lot of those toys because I didn't think... And it wasn't because I didn't like like action figures. I just didn't think those were very good toys. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, mm-hmm. you're very picky as a child. <laughs> well, I mean, just in retrospect, I'm thinking about like why I love the X-Men. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I liked reading X Men. Yeah. I liked reading them and play. I liked playing. Being like you, you were an X Men. Oh yeah, yeah. totally. Especially like trying to invent your own mutant power. Oh mm-hmm. for sure. You're, you're you know you're making up a mutant mm-hmm. yeah. as an X Men. You know you don't want to. Who was your when you were a kid, Reem? Who was your mutant? Who was your favorite X Men growing up? That's gotta be Wolverine. Yeah, that was like the hate. I mean, it's Wolverine. What about I mean, you? Have I was Nightcrawler. I'm, Nightcrawler. Yeah. I think there was something that very much I connected to as he looks like a freak but he's mm-hmm. actually really sweet and funny yeah. you know um 
and he was like really agile sure. in a way that I thought was as a big kid I was like envious of. Yeah, yeah. I that I really connected to Nightcrawler always. What about um, you, Pat? Uh, I really liked Nightcrawler, but uh, I uh, Wolverine. But I also I and I only watched the cartoons. I never read any of the comics, but I always loved Cyclops. Oh yeah. And then as I got older, and so like in my head, you, it's kind of like how I always loved Raphael, and Raphael was always my guy. Yeah. And then as I got older, I started finding out that like, a lot of people don't like Cyclops, and he's yeah. got like this whole. And maybe if I would have paid attention, but more, he's also but, one of, like he's pretty badass too. Yeah. Once you like, yeah. I always thought that, that thing kind of like the. Having the thing where if the visor was gone or something like that, the the that he could just accidentally he destroy might, that yeah. made me so like I felt so bad for him. I think it's really poetic. I think he's unfortunately a contrast to Wolverine, mm-hmm, who's like, mm-hmm. and so people are and and because Wolverine is explicitly badass, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Like, he, then we have a character who's explicitly uptight, yeah. But he's. Like way more flawed too. Mm-hmm. Scott oh, yeah. Summers. I mean, all the shit that well, he's I think gone Wol- through with Wolverine was cool. Don't get me wrong, uh, but I think Wolverine just reminded me. Like I feel, I always thought when I was a kid, I was like, well, if I was, I was hanging like, out with these people, he'd just be a bully. He'd just be a mean was, person to me. I mean, uh, if not Wolverine, my favorite would be Colossus. Colossus oh, yeah, was cool. Just because uh, I know, really liked Kitty. He Pride. was big and made of, of metal, yeah. and he was like their Arnold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I do think uh, for all of these characters, one thing I liked about the X-Men is I do think their the character work was really good. And like with Cyclops, of course, a guy who was worried about killing people mm-hmm. all the time, who was placed in like a paramilitary unit mm-hmm. as like a kid to be their leader. Of course, he grew up to be an uptight yeah, dude totally. who like, couldn't really handle people breaking out of rules. That, yeah. make, that makes sense as a character. Kitty Pride is a really great like injection. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah like youth and intelligence in that group and Colossus is just like the definition of like this dude's good yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he's gonna do the right thing he's good yeah totally totally have you guys by chance listened to the there's a new podcast Wolver, it's called like Wolverine into the night or something. No, you know I, what haven't, I'm about? I haven't. I haven't. Um, it's Gimlet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know what this is? It's um, uh, it's basically like an audio book, kind of. It's like an audio comic book, but it's a podcast, and they're putting them out, and it's a Wolverine story. And uh, I've never I, I listen to podcasts all the time, but I've never listened to like a series like something like this, like a serialized story podcast. Um, and It'd be fun. It's could, pretty good. Yeah. But the only thing that's so weird, and maybe this is how all the comics work, because I never read comics. But like, I it's four episodes are dropped right now. I think it's you can get it on like Stitcher or something. Mm-hmm, but yeah. four episodes are out for free right now. And in those four episodes, I Wolverine's been in it for like thirty seconds. Like they haven't. Because it's like it's these two detectives in this little town. It's a really interesting story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then every once in a while, you're like, oh yeah, fuck, this is a Wolverine story. There's no mention of mutants. There's no mention of X Men. Like, yeah, just every once in a while, they're like, oh yeah, Logan's out there in the woods, and you're like, oh yeah, this is. And the weirdest thing is, is that so this thing was obviously re- and it's really great. I think Chris Gethard's voice in there. Uh, a lot of great uh, actors. Bob Balaban's one of the main character voices. Um, but there's a. It was obviously written like last fall, like fall 2017. Because uh, at one point they're talking, and it's these two detectives are talking, and the the one detective is like, "Could you put that fidget spinner down?" And I was like, "Okay, this thing." <laughs> like literally, they've mentioned fidget spinners more than you've heard Wolverine speak in this thing. And I'm like, "Okay, we gotta." Okay, that, that yeah, that, I'm gonna assume that means they gave the actors freedom to riff. Yeah, there was a yeah. little improv happening. Says I think 2017, like fidget spinner. Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah, and it was, but it, I do highly recommend it though. Um, and it's a good way, like for the way mm-hmm. I think that's a way that I would like to take in media. Like I wish I could, like I'm I'm watching um I'm watching Next Generation again from the beginning and I always want to watch instead go watch like Voyager or Deep Space Nine but 
I'm like, I don't fucking have the time. I want to, so I just rewatch Next Generation. Yeah. But I wish, I kind of wish I just had audio episodes of all these things. You know, like, I'll just things? listen yes. to them. You know you what? Know? You know what? This, this is funny because, uh, we, we were talking about this before off mm-hmm. mic. So, uh, when we would go on long car rides, my parents would play a lot of musicals. Sure. Like there was storytelling. Yeah. You could, mm-hmm. like, go through it. So I got into musicals because of, like, going on car rides. But they would also play, like, Faulty Towers episodes. Oh, cool. Because my mom's British. And so, yeah. like, well, I don't know if that matters. But, like, but we had these tapes of Faulty Tower episodes yeah. that, like, I didn't even know it was a TV show. You just knew <laughs> it as, like, almost like an audio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and great. Like, you know, the vocal performances are great. And, yeah. Like, and, like, and like Cheers, like it's written mm-hmm. in a way that like you can you can get it, yeah. You don't need to see it all. Yeah, that's co- that was. I think that'd be rad. We yeah. used to have we used well, to have audio a lot of um, taped stuff like that. Where my mm-hmm. par- my dad in the when my dad got out of the army in the early eighties before he met my mom, he would uh, he had he you know because I think when you get out of the army, you just have a bunch of money and stuff, and so he bought like a really nice TV, like a really nice stereo system, and that's what he would do is he'd record episodes of television and stuff. So we had like episodes of uh, that's funny uh, Trapper well, John because it's pre VCR exactly yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know so that there's like it'd be cassette recordings yeah that stuff just disappears into the ether mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. a TV show it yeah. just airs and then it's gone and so forever I, you're never gonna see fucking yeah Dallas again there were certain episodes of Trapper John that I thought was almost like I guess at the time what it would have been was fan fiction I thought it was mash fan fiction because <laughs> I didn't know that Trapper John MD was a whole other show later in life you know and stuff. I'm sure uh, on like super Audible weird. or something they have stuff like that. That'd that be cool, yeah. Like that stuff is out there and it does work. And, mm-hmm. and we're, you yeah. know. Especially if you know the universe. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, if I watch, I could listen to an episode of, of like, Voyager I'd and listen, I understand all these. You know, they do the uh, radio plays of uh, the original trilogy mm-hmm. yeah, as Star Wars, well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I've, I've listened to those at work. Mm-hmm. Before and they also add in scenes and yeah. stuff, kind of like the way like a uh, one of the novels would. Yeah, but uh, and they did that with Lord of the Rings too. That was how yeah. like Lord of the Rings kind of got huge again. Oh yeah, in the early, late seventies, early eighties, in in England was the BBC audio editions. You know, we we listened to those too. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. a great time kill. Yeah. I mean now, I mean audio books are so like mm-hmm. you know everywhere. You know, yeah, on our phones and everybody is familiar with the concept, but uh, I don't know. It just seemed like back in the day, radios were just for music. Yeah, and you didn't really hack it. Yeah. I love audio storytelling. Yeah. Oh my oh, god! Oh oh, you oh, will oh, shut oh, up about oh, it. Oh oh oh, I love <laughs> it. Gee, gee, wow, uh, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's nice. The um, you were saying uh, I like uh, putting on like now. I like putting on the audio books. Or whatever, and then mm-hmm. and playing a video game. Sure, yeah, yeah totally, perfect. totally. Yeah. There used to be, I'm, I'm maybe it's still out there, but there used to be a website that was just called Listen to a Movie, and it was that. It was audio tracks, and it was all streamed. Oh, that's cool. But it was every movie. So yeah. when I when I was started doing comedy when I lived in Des Moines, I used to work at a, I had an office job where I could listen to stuff all day, but I couldn't, yeah. you know, I yeah. couldn't watch stuff. And so that's what I do, and I would listen to like, I mean, every Lord of the Rings, every Star Wars, and like. then a bunch of movies. Like I listened to the uh, Maltese Falcon, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I didn't. I've never seen it. And sometimes it, like, literally, I think it, there's like a car chase, and you're like, I don't know what the fuck is happening yeah. at this point. But it's great. Like every time uh, comedians put out one of those uh, <laughs> podcasts where they just watch us something, yeah, yeah, and then riff along to it. Sure, I'm sucked in because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can basically like cheat. Well, like that's what our friends and, podcast, the Let's Ruin Our Childhood. That's the whole. I mean, it's not well, exactly, the, but yeah, that's, that that too. Yeah, where you can just yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, you were saying your mom is from England. Mm-hmm, so yeah. as a kid, did you travel abroad and stuff? Did you ever go back over there? No, nah. she moved over when she was like 
eight. Oh know? wow, okay. Um, her my grandfather was a professor hey, yeah, and yeah. like jumped around a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and was he a professor at University of Wisconsin? No. Oh, uh, what is happening? Where's a, the joke? Uh, jump around is oh. like one of their main anthems. Sure, that's where <laughs> like everybody's brain goes. Yeah. Sorry. I'm was dumb. your prof- uh, your grandfather the professor of House of Pain? <laughs> 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 professor Everlast? No. Uh, <laughs> Just a normal Professor John. Um, uh, but he jumped around a lot, and yeah. so she jumped around a lot. And so she'd been in the States. Cool. Okay. For yeah. like growing up there. Uh, yeah. Um, and we didn't go back. We didn't really go sure, back. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but she, yeah, she was young. Sure. So she was basically and well, yeah, but I, I, yeah, yeah, you get that, that the history of uh, what you're with her parents probably listening to. Were you, so that's uh, cool. were you a pi- Python head growing up too? Oh, uh, you know, I. Who's to say? I think. <laughs> I think because you know, I, I loved those movies. I, yeah. My, I, I still think. I still think one of the hardest I've ever laughed in my life is in um, the first time I saw uh, Holy Grail mm-hmm. when um, the guys be. Is it Lancelot who's being chased by a cartoon? By a cartoon. It's all of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, all yeah, of them. Yeah. And, yeah. and then the cartoonist dies. Yeah. <laughs> and dies. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, that's just the fun. That was one of the funniest things to me. I still think that in um, and now for something completely different. Mm-hmm. The uh, the art of not being seen is one of the funniest oh things I've ever gosh. seen. Yeah. Um, we uh, had reenacted that growing up all the time. Oh yeah. Like that's what's great about Python. It's got so many like uh, high level jokes mm-hmm. and so many low level jokes that are just like intermixed so you can be a dumb kid yeah you know watching it and you feel smart yeah, you feel yeah, smart yeah watching yeah. it totally I, I watched some of the British. show but i didn't really have that much access to it mm-hmm. i remember little scenes here and there but i feel like to be a monty python head you have to like i don't know yeah. i was really into kids in the hall because yeah, that yeah, was the same on, thing that was on Afternoons on Comedy Central, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, as a young kid, those did you grow? Me out. Did you grow up uh, like in in a town or was it like rural? It was like it was pretty suburban. Okay, okay, it was pretty suburban, but we lived in like we were right by this park mm-hmm. that was like you could walk around and like that had a pond and like a oh, creek cool. that sort of went so a little bit so, of naturey. Yeah, I yeah. spent a lot of time in the park. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Because uh, I I grew up out in the middle of nowhere, and I kids in the hall was huge. And I to this day we've talked about it, we want to do a fun sizes on it, but I've never really I've seen the Monty Python movies, but it's not a thing to me. And by the time I got into high school, I was in speech, which was kind of like you know like a, you go around the state and you perform yeah. speech and stuff. And uh, a lot of the kids that I didn't gel with very well were like the hardcore Monty Python kids. And so in my head, it was just kind of like you know like when a fan base ruins the thing for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I never wanted to get harder into it. But like I was like if I could have gone to a debate and somebody would have been started talking about like uh you know the uh, uh that is a- audio, like old sketches of kids in the hall or old you know Mr. Show I'd be like oh fuck like these are the people I wish I could have found that is interesting the idea of uh, fan bases that ruin their thing yeah yeah you yeah know? I- like Star Wars is going for it yeah it's, uh, Rick uh- and Morty is definitely mm-hmm. uh- you know but that that also happened to me with just like. So when I was a kid, I saw The Mask. Yeah. And that, like... You're I talking think... about the Cher one with Eric Stoltz? No, no, no. no. Just no. Uh, and I feel like a, a, a lot of comedians of our generation like uh-huh. have a real connection to Jim Carrey. For sure, Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And that movie, like, really made me want to be an actor. I remember mm-hmm, being yeah. like... I, I think from as long as I can remember, I wanted to be an actor. And then... And so I was Is always it the playing the scene pretend. when The Mask wins the Oscar? 
I mean, yeah, sure, so yeah, many. Yeah, yeah. And I was always playing pretend with friends that, in retrospect, you know, it's just goof around. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then when I got into like school, when theater was an option, mm-hmm. like to do like theater in middle school or high school, even in college, like I always, I was always like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do this, and then I just like talked. To people who are doing theater, and I was like, I don't like the way people are talking yeah, to each other. You know, yeah. like, I don't like the loud laughter at share. At like, mm-hmm. you know, the weird thing about people making quotes or like repurposing quotes to be a part of their personality, mm-hmm. and be, that back then being like, these people aren't funny, but yeah. they're making these loud things and being like, there's like a fine line that I think that my I feel like there was the thing of like, um, I think a lot of comedians probably walk this is like. Oh yeah, I loved all that stuff. Like I loved the jerk, and I would we'd do those lines and all the time. Like and then later, like even call it like anchor man and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then there was a line between like I loved those things, and then I wanted to be doing those. Things. I wanted to be creating that. Yes. But then there was the people who just wanted to live in that. Yes. And that was where you'd be like, and that that still happens to this day. Like you'll go to a party where it's like I'll go to like an event with like uh, my wife's friends from work or something, and they'll all my be wife. Some, you get it. <laughs> yeah. There'll be somebody at the party who like they're just still in that. They're doing old school lines, and yeah. that's but and. In a way, I think that's fine because I would love to create something that I, that happened with. I think it's I totally have weird. a lot of like Mr. Burns one-liners. Yeah, when I rewatch The Simpsons, that I realize I've been saying for like twenty years that almost plot. become part of you. Yeah, yeah. like uh, he was talking uh, when uh, Flanders pops up as Satan mm-hmm. in Homer's uh, cubicle, and uh, Mr. Burns is like Smithers. Who is that? Uh, Hooved guy in Sector Seven G. I like the cut of his jib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've said, and cut you say of, that all the time. Uh, cut yeah. of the jib. Uh huh. And Man Alive. Yeah. I've only heard it on The Simpsons. Yeah. And I've been. It's it's so funny how many of those things you just get in take. The... Yeah, like the little exclamations. But it is like recognizing that and being like, Ugh. well, I think that's all like good and fine. Yeah, I yeah. think it's just when you're a when you're a kid and you want to be a creator. <laughs> That's such a funny way to put it. When yeah. you're a kid, when you want to be creative, yeah, you, you want to create find content. Content. It's like Gimme yeah. Play Doh. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you, and if you fancy yourself as, you know, having a sense of humor or like playing pretend a lot, which mm-hmm. is, you, it's, it's, it, there's like that's the closest way in sometimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then as an adult, being like, no, that's that's fake, yeah. To what I want to do, that's why, like, that's it's it's, like, it's a veneer of creativity, and mm-hmm. it's not, which is fine. <laughs> it is fine if I, that's I what they're into. No, yeah. not at all. Because you, know you, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you go from reenacting everything as a kid to like making your own stuff yeah. as you, you go along. In a situation where like you say something in the moment and someone goes, "Where's that from?" Yeah, and that sort of anger of being like, "We, you know, we can just like we can just make stuff yeah, up. We yeah, don't yeah. have this to." This is just us. That always uh, pissed me off. I did a, one time. I went to a, a taping of Conan, uh, mm-hmm. the TV. You know, Conan. You know what it is. And uh, in the, uh, I was in the. Uh, like the parking garage, and there was a guy sitting near us, like a guy, probably like, you know, late teens, early 20s, and he was sitting with two women, and like friends of his, and they were talking, and I was just like alone, and just kind of overhearing them, and he goes, uh, he was like, yeah, but that was my ex-girlfriend, that was my last regime, and the girl laughed, and she's like, regime? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I call my exes, my regimes, you know? And then the girls laughed really hard at him, but I knew, that was a thing from a pot, that was a thing from uh, this Who Charted podcast, that's the thing, Howard Kramer always talked about it. and it was like not a way to be like misogynistic or anything. it was just that's what he would do because he was a silly comedian and he'd be like oh yeah that was two regimes ago two yeah. relationships ago sounds really bad so, when just some dude this guy was just like it was like i knew it because he's a comedy guy he's like, i was like you're just stealing this bit and and in the moment i was just like what a fucking gross thing 
but what is what is going to happen if I go oh, yeah. say something? There's no no well, you know yeah. it's like well bit stealership is going way through the roof now. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because you, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. you can find bits anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, we were talking. You about- can find like the not that popular person or podcast <laughs> thing, and then you can steal it and do it yourself. We Life have the, bits. Yeah. What Dwight York? Oh, for we don't need to get into that. Well, I'm just we saying, can't do that. Yeah, I'm just saying like we had a. Uh, we don't need to get into that. Okay. We've already talked about it to death on the show. There right. was a scandal in the Des Moines comedy scene years back. Okay, uh, we'll talk about it off the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I, I want to But hear somebody it. lifted yeah. the jokes of a comic that's not that. Wasn't that famous? Yeah. And then pretty much got by on it. Okay. Uh, that's the gist. Yeah. We, uh, my dad, we'll, we were, I was saying this before, my dad, when I was a kid, it had like a few bits that he would always do in conversation. And then like five years ago or three years ago, I'm watching Todd Glass's uh, Caroline's or Evening at the Improv from like 90. They're all in there. I was like, my dad was just ripping off Todd Glass, you, you know? know? As a kid, I remember I really loved the um, uh, Comedy Central Presents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I watched those all the time. And I loved like, um, I loved Maria Bamford's mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. I loved, um, uh, 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 oh gosh, there were other ones I loved. I loved Stephen Lynch's one. Oh yeah, that was oh, really yeah. good. Um, I loved, uh, there was a bunch. There's a bunch of them that were, the bunch of really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I didn't, I guess it was, oh fuck, I think it was Brian Regan. Yeah. Which I didn't realize until like, net, like you know, a few years ago that this was a bit, but I definitely stole his bit among for, for the playground. For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the one about like, he's like, I think, I'm pretty sure this is Brian Regan. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I, I look like the guy who's friends with the love interest <laughs> in those like 16 Candles movies. Yeah, yeah. And he did this thing where he'd be like, pretend to lift weights, he'd be like, dude, why you like her? She's poor. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember doing that. Yeah, yeah. And I made friends doing sure, sure, it. Sure, 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 yeah. That's what I... I, I, I well, I, this is a quick... I, uh, at lunch one time, I was talking about a Conan. I was, like, doing a Conan bit yeah. uh, at the table from, like, when he was on Late Night. And I don't remember the bit, but I said it. And then some older kid, like a bully kid, like, was like, what the fuck is that? Regis and Kelly? And I was like, no, it's Conan. And, he got, and everybody was like, oh! And I won <laughs> on the bully. And, like, I... Like I would love. I mean, I have a lot of aspirations in my career, but I would love to get to do Conan just to like tell that, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then call like not in a mean way, but be like that guy. He was. I won that. That's yeah, how. Yeah. That was the first time I got over on someone on comedy. You know. See, I think it's fun. Uh, like my one of my best friends' dads. He's one of those guys that would always have like a long street joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, when you saw him, you know, he'd always have just some new long street joke, and I'm like, where? Yeah. This is like before the internet sure. was like much of a thing. I think it's one people know, just it's like, lived where, did, where did these people that always come back with a new street joke get those things? I you think know? here's my theory. I think that a lot of those people live in bars. You know, they're always at bars. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of like uh, truck drivers and interstate like salesmen and stuff. I think yeah. they do bars a lot. And so that's what happens. Is I think those things were just getting passed around the country, bar to bar, small town to small town. And then our dads and our dads' friends were like, oh yeah, I heard this good one the other night. Yeah, and I love those jokes yeah i mean they don't work yeah for us but it's so you know? funny when but you hear you listen to it for like two minutes yeah it, and then it has just one punch yeah. well that's why right I, at the end but they're great yeah, yeah even if totally. they're horrible I, I guess when you didn't have i guess people had to interact with each other more in spaces where they we now can easily avoid mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i guess it's like makes sense to be like well i have this thing in my back pocket 
Sure. And if it works, then we're all a little more comfortable. That's like a whole one-off show, too. Just. That's like a whole Carnegie thing. Or I think it's Dale Carnegie or whatever, one of those things. One of those, like, how to make friends and how to get people to like you. And stuff, oh, is, yeah. Uh, always have, like, a couple of jokes ready, you know? Because that Ice was breakers. back in the day. Yeah, that was back in the day where you were supposed to... You know, you know, let people know. To bring this back to an earlier thing we were talking about, my dad was the um, uh, 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 scout master of my local like Cub Scout. Oh, thing. sure, yeah. yeah. Um, and he did it because no one, none of the other dads would do it, would mm-hmm. step up to do it. And my dad is like not an outdoorsman. He yeah, was, yeah, like, yeah. Not, he can't tie it. Sure. A fucking not. You know, I I doubt he can build a fire. You know, like. <laughs> And his all the kids in the Cub Scout die because he was like, oh, fuck, I should have taught him better. Well, so he was like, if no one else can do this, he was like, if no one else wants to uh, do it, I'll do it. But I can only do things my way. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of got in trouble a little bit because his whole theory was that it's more important for a kid to know how to tell a joke in front of an audience than <laughs> it is to build a fire. That's so funny. Which is not true. <laughs> no. But is not a bad yeah. thesis. And so a lot of our stuff and Cup Scouts, like we did like we you know, we did do all the stuff we were supposed mm, to do. There were yeah. enough dads who like knew how to do that stuff that it was fine. He wasn't like the direct pattern. Yeah, he yeah. Like the, you know. Yeah. Anyways. But so there were a lot of like Every time a kid had to go up, they had to tell a joke. Mm-hmm. Every time, a, like, there was a lot of, like, play-ish stuff. Yeah. A lot of, like, public speaking things um, that, like, I definitely, I guess must have gotten somewhere in my skin. Sure, like, sure. Because it, 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 it was an ethos, you know? It yeah, was, like, yeah. a philosophy that kids should be able to do that. That's It was fun. Yeah. That was fun. That was weird. That's a, I, I think that I like that. There's a thing... Um, because I'm the youngest, uh, and there was a, I, I was as a kid, I lived this, and then much year, years later, I read this in a Kurt Vonnegut book. There, I don't remember which one, but he talked about it where he was like, uh, he was the youngest, and he's like, and that's why he learned to be funny was because when you're the youngest, nobody fucking wants to listen to you. Nobody cares. They've like your parents are tired, your older siblings are like just moving on, yeah. and so he's like, at the dinner table, that was your time to shine, and he's like, that's how you start telling jokes. Yeah, plus you kind of get the spotlight on you a little bit more, anyways, because. You're the youngest. Sometimes, yeah, because you're the baby. As far as like perform, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, because they're like, ah, oh, it's a little, it's a little youngest kid doing, yeah. the, you know, the cutest stuff. Yeah, I guess, yeah, and and I don't know, I, that that was kind of where it all came from for me at least. And then I didn't do you. So you said, did you end up doing since because you were kind of at an impasse? Did you end up doing like theater and stuff like that in high school and in? No, so I got really into playing music and mm-hmm. like I got really into doing like. I'd call it jazz. I was, I guess, I was like studying jazz guitar, but I was more. I was what I was doing was like you know semi funk jam. Sure, sure, sure. But I got really serious about it. Like I was, and I really loved it. Um, and I, in retrospect, um, I was doing that to perform. I think. Yeah. Like I think my school had a jazz band, which you could get into and then perform in front of the school at mm-hmm. all these different locations. And I do feel like a lot of my like. Uh, 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 like thirst mm-hmm. to get better was because I knew that was an outlet for me to be on stage, which I I think I only really understood in retrospect. Sure, sure, yeah. And so I didn't really do any plays. Like I, you know, me and my friends made some like crappy little movies, yeah. But like that, not even with like the the zest that could have been helpful. You yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But like I played a lot of music and liked to perform, liked to perform music uh, a lot. And then when I got to college, I started doing improv, mm-hmm. and that was. And then when I moved to New York, I moved in with like a wave of these, you know, improv people who had done improv in college. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a boom then. There is sort of still a boom of college mm-hmm. improv. And then 
coming to New York and like doing improv and doing some children's theater, doing like some like weird experimental theater for like three-ish years before doing stand-up mm-hmm. and then finding and then doing all those things sort of together yeah. at different times. So and now I do more plays because I've sort of access of like just like performing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so I didn't really go I didn't like school Every time I tried to step towards doing theater in mm-hmm. a school setting, I got really turned off by a lot of things that, in retrospect, were pretty um, tonal. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But also turned off by things of, like, I did want to, you know, make people laugh. I did want to make stuff, you mm-hmm. know? And being in a theater environment was so much hierarchy and so yeah. much, like, yeah. weird rules and so much, like, sharing, which yeah. I didn't like, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, um, and la- people being loud and not funny. And I mm-hmm. loved improv because people, you know, I met people being funny in a way that I could only do playing pretend with my sure. little friends, like in like a fucking like creek. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and improv is a real place of accessing that sort of like, I guess, you know. Well, you're going with it. Yeah. Everybody's you know? going with it. You're there. playing your child. You have a your, choice. Your child. It's, uh, it's, it's. You can be free. Like theater people would call me weird. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then even like going into stand up, which I. Which I do think is like, which for me is a place to bring a lot of different types of performance styles together and like mm-hmm. forms of humor together, and a way of being autonomous. Even going into stand up, uh, people still having an attitude of like, oh, that's still being a, doing a weird thing. Yeah, um, which I still find frustrating. Sure, but I also understand, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, this this what's what's cool about comedy is there's so many ways of doing it, but theater. Still felt like a place where I couldn't really explore what I wanted to explore. And I think stand-up and improv was the most natural place to explore the stuff that I wanted mm-hmm. to explore. And stand-up seems to me the most, like, uh, the best place, to be honest, because of just, like, the, the pure creative feedback yeah. and autonomy and ability to own what you're doing. Um, as a, as that, I love that. I love that. And I didn't do... I don't know if it was for the exact same reasons, but I feel like I, see, I can think back... Now putting back on it, I didn't do any theater in high school either, um, and a lot of it was the um, I like that literally the thing like me and my friends could be in yeah. JJ's basement and be performing together, doing bits and literally just telling jokes and being bit watching a TV show and, and saying what we think the next line should be and stuff. Yeah, and that was more fulfilling for to me personally as a person who wanted to be funny in the world and making all my friends laugh. Then anytime I try to go to like a school audition yeah, yeah. and try to play like you know the lion and Wizard of Oz or something like I, I I just saw it that way and then I think that's why growing up or later on now that's what I love about stand up is that I I mean I'll go do it we do this all the time you go do a bad show there's a couple people there uh it, 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 there's no money there's no nobody in the back of the room is gonna get you on TV but the fu- the fulfillment of making those three people in the audience laugh like crazy that's the same feeling i was getting in the basement with my oh, friends yeah. and so i just found it was almost like my body like i found this thing and then i chased it and now this is where i am oh 100 and luckily hopefully there'll be a back end at some point you know what i mean but I, I definitely agree with that and i wish the one thing i wish i'd had which i never i was never aware of and maybe it just wasn't as popular when i was a kid or when i went to college and stuff. but i feel like uh improv would have been huge for me because i think bouncing around that those cir- circles I n- i've never taken an improv class i've never studied it you know um i think that's that was kind of the environment or maybe even just like a co- like i know a lot of colleges now have comedy clubs like yeah, literal yeah. clubs i think something like that would have been useful for me i just didn't i never 
I mean, I think, I think improv is like, uh, 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 is beautiful. I think it's a beautiful thing. And I mm-hmm. think when I see a really good improv show, it's some of the hardest I've ever laughed and also really oh, satisfyingly yeah. laughed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, uh, 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 and I was really obsessed with it for a while. I think similar to what we're talking about with theater, improv, for some, whatever reason, it lives in theaters. It yeah. lives in, uh, uh, Improv theaters, sketch comedy theaters, and I, those cultures always weird me out. Yeah. Those cultures weird. And this might just be like a sign of me being sort of a bad, uh, uh, bad at sharing space, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that is a part of it, but I, same thing with theater, a thing I love, a thing I did with friends, mm-hmm. get into a more formal setting of it. And I still like it for other reasons. I like I still like to do it, but there's something about it that just isn't tapping yeah. that one thing, you mm-hmm. know? And part of it is because like, oh my God, now I'm taking now this dude who's like five years older than me is teaching me this thing. And I actually don't trust this guy, but yeah. he's talking to me with an authority that I don't trust. You know, like mm-hmm. all of that sort of like uh, I don't know what the word is, like uh condescension. Yeah, even, yeah, yeah. You know? Um That's one thing that I've loved and I f- I, I think I've I hope I've told you this before, but I think you're a great. I think you're a great stand-up, and I think the most interesting thing about you is because you're not a. I mean, maybe I don't know how you consider it, but I wouldn't consider you a traditional stand-up. I you're doing, yeah. so, but you're definitely doing stand-up comedy. Yes, yeah, and yeah. you when you when you perform, you're very good at everything you're doing, and I think there is a lot of people because you'll do a character, yeah, and then you'll do like kind of a very out like weird, but weird in like a great way, silly piece, yes, and then maybe you'll just do like a real like a regular joke and stuff, and I think I see. It reminds me a lot of, like, there's a lot of music like this, too. I see so many bad versions of that. Yes. That, to see, I think, when you see you, it's so refreshing. And it's the example that you point out when you're like, yeah, that's how you could do this because you have whatever your experience with improv and your experience with uh, theater and even your jazz uh, guitar experience. It's very jazzy as far as stand-up goes. Yeah. It's like, I think about that a lot lot with uh, another comedian, Rory Scovel is one of those Mm -hmm. people who... Uh, I, and there was a real trend in like 2012, 2013 where a lot of people started doing Rory Scovel where they were just like, I'm just going to go up and riff and everything's going to be like this on the spot. But they were like taking away the eight years Rory had done yeah. stand-up and got on stages and done Probably improv like and he learned it. like all the people it. that tried doing Hendrix. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, yeah. After playing or guitar like all for the, like, you know. Yeah. The like, kid, yeah. For lack of a better term, it was like the creeds after the Pearl Jam, and then the Pearl Jam was even after the Sonic Youth. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, it's there's different versions of it, and and I feel like the ethic and the work and the talent. I mean, that all builds into it, and so that's why I think it's so fun to see you. And I think that's maybe why I think what your standup is so interesting to, or why I like watching it so much, is because I really feel it's just like when you see somebody who's like. I don't have a good example, but like, like Reem, you're, I think you're great at one-liners. You're a great like short comic, short joke comic. You have the puns, you, you sell it, it's really good. But I've seen so many people do that badly that it's refreshing to see somebody like, see, that's how you can do this. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I think, I appreciate that. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. It's really, I really appreciate hearing that because I do think it is, what I think is, I was really inspired I was really intimidated by stand up. Mm-hmm. I loved it as a, as a kid. I would go to sleep listening to uh, all the Bill Cosby albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, yeah. uh, um, well, it's easy to go to sleep too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's it was one of my earliest sure. comedic things. Like yeah. listening to stand up albums. Uh, I he is you know he's a monster, and yeah. so if I I. <laughs> 
me losing a childhood influence is the the softest evil exactly. he's done. Totally, you know I mean? totally. So I, I, that's why I feel comfortable being like, yeah, I loved him. Yeah. You know, no yeah, longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I listened to him. I listened to like Margaret Cho albums for some for reason. Sure. I had those. Yeah. I had um, uh, 2000 Year Old Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I like love comedy. I love stand up. And I, when I started doing stand up, I came to it from such different places. Also, absolutely from like the idea of wanting to be an actor, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and finding and out to perform all this stuff. But Maria Bamford, I was really influenced by her because she just said, it's "So simple." She's like, "Just do what you think is funny." Yeah, yep. and it made me feel safe to try out a lot of stuff because I feel like we all feel, yeah. I think, really intimidated by people who were good at a thing that I felt like I couldn't do. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I don't think I'm very good at just telling a long story or like uh-huh. or that wasn't what I found funny. I yeah. found funny doing this stuff and it was nice to hear someone who I really admired be yeah. like, just do that. That's enough. Because I do think like I mean this is certainly true in improv and their perception of stand up and definitely true in stamps perception of improv. Yeah. There's a lot of there's not a lot of cross pollination. Mm-hmm. There is more now I think. But I don't know about you guys, I felt a whole lot of um I don't want to say pushback because no one cares enough to push yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you guys, I'm sure you guys all feel a lot of judgment from different styles of stand-ups. For sure, yeah. You know? Oh, and yeah. It's different communities of stand-ups and yeah. like... And different generations is a huge thing too. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of that's projected. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I agree. I think what I'm doing is for sure stand-up. Mm-hmm. But it's also... But if I told someone oh, this was stand-up and they wanted to like, I don't know, yeah. book a late night set, they'd be like, no, that's not stand-up sure, for this. Sure, sure, sure. And they would be right. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which that, is a bummer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's my, that's I'm very I'm... prone to get in my head every once in a while about like, you know, my style mm-hmm. of stand-up too because, you know, everybody is like, I grew up watching like Carlin and Pryor. So I have like this idea that you have to be like, about something mm-hmm. you know even though that's not true but you still have that creep into your yeah. head so then you watch like a comic that you like here like do good like topical oh yeah, you know yeah. thematic comedy that's great and has something to say and then you're like ah fuck i suck yeah yeah because it, i don't say anything but also but, the, the, as a person who like i just tell stories and i'm not trying to change the world i'm not i don't have a, a political bent i think you realize who i am through my stand-up but yeah i like to think that if i'm watching a show and i see somebody who's like brilliant like somebody who i, I consider like a brilliant political comedian or something like that mm-hmm. Um, or somebody who's doing like a very like because that's what I love about comedy today. Especially you can have somebody do like very raw, real serious stuff that's hilarious, you know, yeah. but still serious topics. The palate cleanser on a lineup of someone like yep. you, you know, or like our friend Zach Reiner in uh, uh, Denver, somebody who's like just or like even like your stuff where it's just yeah. like it's like a new, it's something. It makes so much sense for a person that loves stand up and has been living and breathing it for almost a decade. It makes sense. Oh, yeah. But when it's the other people in the other world who, like, and that's the thing we all run into. It's like, oh, you go to, oh, I'm going to go see comedy tonight. It's like, oh, yeah, I know what, uh, you know, Brian Regan is. Yeah. And so that's what they expect. Yeah. Everyone's going to, and that's not it, you know? Um, that's what is cool, though, is, uh, you know, when you're in this world, as much as you get to start to see, uh, you meet the person and you meet the comic, mm-hmm. and then you, uh, it's really cool to start to see how much of the person goes into the comic yeah. on stage, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, for me, it's the best, as a, so to, to try to draw this back into like nostalgia and like sure, kid sure. stuff, as a kid who like, 
had a lot of desire to perform and a lot of desire, like, and, like, a need to make people laugh. Mm -hmm. And, like, a lot of friends, but also a lot of, you know, loneliness, too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. uh, I do do think this form is such a (laughs) a magical way of combining a lot of types of creativity into Mm -hmm. one place. And it's a nice challenge of being, like, if you can make something work alone... With a microphone, then you've like that's you can make anything. Yeah, work, totally. Know? Like I don't know. That's the thing I've been trying to it get is, to. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. It, it is crazy. Like uh, when you're hosting a show, or, or anytime you have to go up first, and uh, oh, yeah. you know, it's like you got to take a room and mm-hmm. like. Uh, oh, it's just and like, the failure. The fact that you fail at it is a, such a funny <laughs> thing. Like the fact that I've hosted hundreds and hundreds of stand-up shows, yeah, and hundreds of rooms all around the country. And fucking, I'm not good at it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and it's it's that's super interesting to me. Uh, when I started, I used to do, I would do like short jokes and like edgy. I wanted to be a fucking bad boy. I didn't want to be. That's he what was I liked. Comedies, Anthony Jeselnik. Yeah, because that, that's oh, what really? I thought. That's because I didn't know what to do. And I was like, yeah. mm-hmm. well, my friends and I we would tell horrific jokes sometimes, you know. Um, and I did that for a while. And then I heard some interview with some comic that was just like. Uh, they were shit. They weren't shitting, but they were just like, "Isn't it weird when you hang out with?" This was like a probably on Marin or some shit. Yeah. But it was like, "Isn't it weird when you hang out with a comic and like backstage they're like, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, cool. Yeah, my, this is my wife, and my kids, and stuff. Oh, I gotta go on stage, and they go on stage, and they're this whole other thing. And I was like, oh, it would be so much easier if I could just be the same person on and off stage. And then you built towards that, and now I feel. I mean, literally, like I feel that I can run up and do a set, and I'm like, yeah, you know, you could have a conversation with me, and I can go on stage and probably keep talking about the same thing I was talking about. And I was like, oh, I'm glad I, I was afforded that. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't think anyone else should be See, afforded that. You should be able to do what you want. And yeah. I'm authentic on stage, even though I'm doing jokes about... Yeah. Well, uh, you learn about you. We, I mean, we fucking yeah. know your style and your, what you're into, and you yeah. get your personality and stuff. It it's took like, me a long time to realize that Dan Lakata <laughs> was as sweet of a person as he was. As yeah, he is, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Because his, his character is so good. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's so good and strong and powerful and such a clear comic voice. That like understanding Dan as like totally totally one of the sweetest and the dudes, most the most because you know? I, uh, I have friend you know uh, Dan's a, if you guys don't know Dan Licata, he's a fantastic comedian but what's so funny about him is that if you only know his stand up and you don't have any personal or stuff and then you see the episode of uh, Joe Paris show the, yeah, the, yeah. the the one with the Who song it's amazing it's like the fact that those two like uh, you, if you watch Dan do twenty minutes of stand up which is great and hilarious and like one thing and you watch that episode of TV. You're like it's amazing that these two things came out of the same brain. It's, and like it's 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 gorgeous. That's what I love about art and comedy. You it's, know, it's really it's beautiful. And you know what? I and it, I I'm gonna bring this. I love it. You're so good at like well, putting but, everything together in this. Well, like, he, every no no other guest gives a fuck. You know? This is making me think <laughs> about. I'm thinking about two things in terms sure. of like the prompt. I'm thinking yeah, about yeah, yeah. like jokes I liked a lot as a kid. Sure, and sure. Like comedy liked a lot as a kid. And uh, one, I've said Maria Bamford a few times, but like she has one joke that like broke my mind as a kid where she's like, oh, I'm a normal girl. I like, just want a simple guy. You know, I just want a simple relationship. I, I just want to you know, be nice, you know, have a job <laughs> uh, and have the missing half of this golden amulet. <laughs> really funny yeah. joke. So I love, I love that. But it's made me think of, because um, there's one thing I was thinking about yeah. that I want to talk about like yeah, yeah, as a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Though I mean, just hearing that because I, uh, how much of you I can hear in that, uh, f- in that joke, a yeah. formative joke for yeah, sure, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, but uh, it makes me think of uh, sideways stories from Wayside sure. School. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I loved 
uh, one thing coming in here is like, oh, I did love all these like <laughs> we'd call them chapter books. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I loved Sideways stories from Whiteside School was such. I didn't think of that as comedy, Mm-mm. but I'm rereading some of those now, and like oh, it's yeah. so funny. And the jokes per page are like Jack Handy. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Every, There's like multiple God, I gotta grab jokes. Those those are pretty thin too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's always funny when you go back to find a kid's book and you realize how. Like I can remember being proud of myself reading it because it was a it was a chapter book. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then now you pick it up and it's like, man, I could. Sure, like you'd knock them out in an afternoon uh-huh. yeah. on a train really ride, funny. and those are so good. And I also loved, uh, like, I, th- this was more joke specific, but yeah. like all the Shell Silverstein and stuff like that. Love like Shell Silverstein. It's so. I had a uh, joke book mm-hmm. uh, called "That's So Funny I Forgot to Laugh," mm-hmm. and it was, was it just jokes, total yeah. jokes? Yeah, and it was uh, very formative on me, and it's all like, well, because you're learning how, structure. Yeah, yeah. Why did ET throw his uh, alarm clock out the window? He wanted to see time fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did E.T. go to the... But why is it E.T.? That joke works for anyone. I don't know. That's just what it was. Why did did he take a ladder to the restaurant? Hmm. He heard the fries were on the house. Okay. You You know know? what that makes me think of is that I think sometimes when you're a kid, your brain craves some sort of order in a way. Mm -hmm. Because like... I couldn't read a joke book now. Yeah, 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 yeah. But as a kid, I can totally see... You being like, oh, going through this and thinking about like, you know, I would read these like, <laughs> you know, at the library, these like encyclopedias of like every Marvel character. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. With their little profiles and being like needing to like have that like the info, yeah. That info can, or like, you know, books about animals, like sure, sure, sure. and shit like that. Yeah. Like the need to have like That's a structured why I love thing. Collector cards. Yes. Too. Same yes, thing. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just uh, read them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would get almanacs. Yeah. Sports almanacs oh, every for year sure. for Christmas, and that was what a, a weird crutch for me because I loved I love sports and I had uh, a lot of cards. I had a lot of baseball cards and football cards. Yeah, but what's funny about it was I relied on them so much, and it for it it to the way I am now where. I was like, well, I never need to know what I never was one of those people where I was going to memorize like Will Clark's batting average because I have it on the back of this card, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's right. And funny. that to this day, we're all the time like somebody. I'll be in conversation and somebody will mention a, an author or something, and I'll be like, oh yeah, I know what that is, and I have to literally look up the Wikipedia. And then once I get like a little bullet point, I'm like, yes, I know what that yeah, is. Yeah. And it's so funny how. It's literally, literally because when I was a kid, I was like, "Well, I had access to all this stuff." Have you ever mm-hmm. talked about are, cards before? Because like I, I had X Men cards. Yeah, I also yeah, yeah. those col- were the best. Those yeah. were they were because really beautiful. That yeah. was such a huge universe outside of the like. If you just knew the TV show, you didn't know the rest of the universe around it. Yeah, sure, sure. So you'd slowly get to learn about these mutants, and then you'd be like, "Oh my god, you see this ego guy? His mutant power, you know?" So I have okay. Here's two things. Because I wanted to say one thing, then I want to yeah, do yeah, another yeah. thing. One, my friend Adam got me for my birthday some like stack of old Marvel cards because he yeah. had some yeah. for five bucks, I think. And when I had a birthday party at my apartment, and I just like my rule was every person who came in had to pick one of the cards to keep. As, oh, like, cool! A and I have a bunch of leftover ones. Yeah. That at some point you got, I'm gonna give yeah, you guys totally, the stack. Totally. You guys are gonna pick your stack. Because we're talking about it, so it's it, and it's cool that this good ones left in yeah, there. I love like. Marvel cards. Like when you were talking about the going through the encyclopedia, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I, it immediately flashed me back to going through friends Marvel card books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, 
And you if see people you, saw, you yeah. never like I'll see a character and I'm like, what the fuck? Who I've never seen this. And they're yeah. like, oh, that's from this episode. And then you're like, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then it has like on the back just like the little footnote yeah. of the episode. Like when I was a kid, I was like, oh my God, Juggernaut and mm-hmm. Spider-Man fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fought against each other. That's so cool. And then you read about how the fight went down. Totally, on the back. totally. Marvel cards were great. Also, basketball cards I collected mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And basketball, I think was a real way for me to make friends. Sure. Like, I don't think I had a group of friends until I decided to like basketball. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, and I feel like, I, uh, I don't know. I, lo- I mean, it's my favorite sport. I sure, love sure, basketball sure. now. But like as a kid, collecting stuff, cards being a sort of way of like engaging with basketball mm-hmm, is a mm-hmm. thing i remember sports are a great icebreaker yeah you know like we were talking about uh, long street jokes earlier you can just uh go up and have like a random conversation with anybody mm-hmm. just because of what their hat says oh yeah you know I remember, or, uh, or i mean and it's one of the top reasons i've hugged strangers yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> totally yeah you know? that's great also like as a kid like you know you, you have your you know if you have it's Let's say you're watching the same shows. Who are your guys? Who are your mm-hmm. guys? Like then also like all of my friends, we played basketball together, and we all had like we all had our favorite basketball players. That was mm-hmm. sort of, yeah, like almost like our you know like calling cards. Like oh, and nobody else gets the Kobe Bryant guy. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And you don't get to pick what other people have either. No, no, mm-hmm. You don't want. You can't pick Kobe. Somebody else already yeah. has Kobe. I chose Grant Hill. That sure, sure. Mine. That's yeah. good. One. Grant Hill and Kevin Garnett. Hell yeah. And bald head or flat top Grant Hill. Oh, when, I think when did you get in? All right. I, think Maybe I was like a, I was a bigger kid, like I yeah. said, and so when I played basketball, I was a really good big man. So yeah, I was really, yeah. I really liked, and Grant Hill wasn't a big man, but I liked him. Sure, but sure. I liked, I liked Kevin Garnett a lot. I liked um, uh, uh, Tim Duncan a lot. Yeah, I liked uh, Dennis Rodman because I feel like all my friends were better players than me, mm-hmm. and I remember being like, oh. But if I get more rebounds than anyone, yeah. then I have value on the court. And so I learned how to be a really good big man until like high school. When, when everybody I, had... Yeah. I had a growth spurt where I really slimmed out. Yeah. But, and I didn't have the ball handling skills to really like maintain sure. what I was good at. You know? yeah. That's funny, yeah. I, that's what my... Two of my best friends in life, we became in fifth grade... Uh, one of them was a diehard Utah Jazz fan, and he loved mm-hmm. Carmelo. I loved Carmelo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, John Stockton. And yeah. the and the other one was a uh, hardcore uh, SuperSonics fan, and he loved like Pate and like uh, Sean Kemp and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, and Detlef, uh, and Detlef, baby, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was like, I need to pick a team. I need a team. And so this was like, I mean, late '90s, and I pick. I was like, well, I love David Robinson, so I picked the mm-hmm. Spurs as my team. And now at the time, late '90s. The Spurs were nothing, you know. Well, and they were like, they the, were pretty solid. Well, he was good, but they weren't. They were going to the playoffs, but they were never like in the championships. They were never in the yeah. West Western Conference. But whereas the Sonics and the Jazz were really having like a heyday, and then come the two thousands, and I'm just married to loving this team. <laughs> we have five. The Sonics aren't even a team no more. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jazz haven't had a good year in like ten. It's so funny. Like looking back, I was like, oh, I just needed to bond with these two guys. I was I rode yeah. the bus with. And now I like literally will cr- like you were saying I'll cry. I watched uh, when um, the Spurs beat the Cavaliers in the championship. I was at uh, Lobster. What was it called? Like Lobster Roll? It's some restaurant on yeah. Houston, but it was the only. It's on Houston. It's a lobster place. It's not even a bar, but it was the only place I could find that had the game on that wasn't a bar that didn't have a cover. Yeah. And so I'm in there crying with this dude doing the same thing about the Spurs beating. It's also them. cool how many. Uh 
I mean, David Robinson's a superstar, yeah, and a Hall of Famer, and like one of the best ever. But like, they are always just got short changed. Yeah, like, oh, I guess the Spurs won it all. My sure, bad. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, you know where they just kind of like snuck in and yeah. Well, like, that's how it came later on, like when Tim Duncan and yeah, and uh, 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 Manu and all those guys. You know, what do you guys think about sports as nostalgia pieces? Because like, so for me. I like I love basketball. Mm-hmm. I I like sports generally, but I don't I don't have a brain to follow it. I don't have like a, that much of an impulse to follow it. Like if my teams are doing well, I'll focus on my teams. Sure. I'll definitely watch basketball games. Um, I'll I'm getting more into watching baseball games. Sure, sure, but sure. Like football, I don't really care yeah. about. Like uh, so when I do think of uh, so I guess I have, these are two questions. One like sports. For me, sport, the time as a real sports head was sort of like when I needed it to connect with totally, boys. Totally, totally. Yeah. yeah, who you don't want to like beat you up or think you're well, not cool. Kind of, you know. Yeah. Like, and so I knew that was like a, a. It didn't change me from really liking it, but it did mean that like when I got to do what I did in different in a different place, yeah. I didn't need that as a social thing. Um, and so I still like I still like him now. I just it's not a part of my daily consumption. Sure, sure. You know? So it, I do think of like my basketball days as like a nostalgia thing. Though whenever yeah. I put on a game, I'm like instantly in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then for you guys who are still plugged in, like, yeah. where does that? Where, where does nostalgia? I guess where does nostalgia fit into sports consumption? Because sports consumption is so based sure. on like these choices that your parents make for you mm-hmm. that you make in response to your yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? What do you guys think about that? Um, I can say that I uh, my love of sports, especially certain things like football. Like I love the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, my love of like the Iowa State Cyclones. That's I. That's all tied to college. So my wife and I, and you know, like everybody understands how New York is. I uh, like. I'm doing comedy every night. I also have a job. My wife works sixty hours a week building fucking parks. Like she's like a landscape architect. And so like, sometimes, especially this time of year, I get excited as soon as football season starts because I know that every Saturday. We're going to sit and watch the Cyclones game beginning to end, and they may lose, and they may win, and maybe they're going to have some heat this year. Maybe they weren't, but there's like I still have that same kind of a connection I had when I was a kid to that. Um, uh, I also have a weird, just speaking of nostalgia, where like uh, I don't like the, in terms of football, I don't like the Patriots, and I don't like Tom Brady, but yesterday at work, or Friday at work, I was bored, and so I was like, I wonder what that game was like when Tom Brady took over, like when he, because he wasn't supposed to be anything, Yeah. and so I watched that game. And the game where Drew Bledsoe gets hurt was the first game back after 9-11. So, like, I started watching oh, this wow. game, and, it, like, I push, it's on YouTube. You can watch the whole thing, and I press play. And also, it's all nostalgia. It's all, like, early 2000s television, yeah. uh, Chirons and everything. And it opens with fucking Giuliani being like, all right, we're going to play ball again. And the city's been gone through a lot. Is that? And then in the middle of the game, you see Drew Bledsoe get hurt, and then you see this kid on the sidelines. And I'm like, I know that this guy's going to have, like, the craziest NFL career of all time and stuff. And so there's a very fun nostalgia thing about that. Yeah. And you're plugged in. You, you're really connected to, like, the Hawkeyes and stuff, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. It's the Raiders. One, uh, I've kind of, like, tailed off as far as, like, as a kid. I was into, like, everything. Like I said, I was going through these sports almanacs, reading everything, yeah, reading yeah. the back of cards. And now it's, like, harder to keep up with everything. Like, uh, I mean, as a kid, too, you don't even have to watch the games. You can just know everything, you know? You just yeah. read the at the end of the stuff, but uh, it's interesting how these are all like real life heroes too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that really ties into like, just as a kid, you know, adults are already larger than life, but these are the adults that are larger than adults. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that's why that reminds me that when I was a kid, I mean, I was like a wizards fan, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. like uh, uh, Chris Weber. Sure. 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 His, uh, well, and then I, you get Jordan for a minute. Yeah, that's crazy. So you grow, exactly. So you're Jordan. growing up with posters of X-Men on the wall. 
right next to Chris Webber. Yeah, sure, sure. So you know? I, I loved that, and I remember they've been bad for so long. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I remember going to college and like. I went to college in Ohio when um, uh, LeBron was around. So Coming out, it was, yeah. It was really easy just to, to be a Cleveland fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And really easy to be mad at him when he went to Miami. Um, but I, I was I was always like, oh, yeah, basketball is my favorite sport. People go, what, what what's your team? I go, ah, I don't really have a team. Really have yeah, a team. yeah, yeah. And then a few years ago when, you know, it was like John Wall, Paul Pierce. Yeah, totally. And I like, and they were doing well. And I suddenly was like, holy shit. I, lo- I love, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Wait, I've been a Wizards fan this whole time. I just like haven't paid attention. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a fair, I'm a, tr- I'm proud to be a fair weather sure, fan. Sure, sure. And that's, but that I think feeling, that's how sports should be. Yeah. That feeling, it's it's more that dumb gatekeeper yeah. stuff, man. Like you can't choose it. When they were being good, I suddenly had a, cr- I was watching every game. Like, yeah. It just. There's no I- coincidence that I got hardcore into hockey again in 09 when the Penguins won the Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah, like yeah. Like when all of a sudden, because uh, hockey. I got, I got a Nick fandom that's yeah. just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> I love you it. Know, I love it's it. It's 20 years. Yeah. It, I live in New York now. Yeah. You know. You go to these games. It Eventually, I'm going to get, I mean, Ewing, Starks, Oakley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were mean and this tough so and good. Man. And that was that. And everybody liked, you know, like you're saying, everybody picks their guy. Everybody liked Jordan mm-hmm. you know, back in the day. And I was like, uh, I, was, I remember asking my brother, hey, who's got the best record other than the Bulls in the league? And he's like the Knicks. And I'm like, all right, that's my team. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. And and they I've talked suck about for so long on the show. I became a I became a Chiefs fan because I was mad at my cousin, and I wasn't following. I didn't care about football. I didn't pay attention or anything. And I was mad at my cousin who was the same age as me. Like literally, we were, grew yeah. up like brothers. Mm-hmm. We were in a fight, and that summer, like during our fight, was when Joe Montana got traded from the San Francisco 49ers. His team, like his like every shirt he had was a 49ers yeah, shirt. Yeah. He had Montana jerseys. It's- they got he got traded to the Chiefs and I was just like oh I'm a Chiefs fan now it's, and literally I'll fu- I like almost flew across the country to see them play in the playoffs professional this year. It's sports like I'm, because of a, a fight with my nephew or like, my cousin it's, it's pretty much palpable nationalism with uh, dramatic storylines yeah. backing it up it's really funny to me that the, this uh, that we got to talking about sports <laughs> yeah yeah well you're everybody knows it everybody's Platt's a big sports uh-huh. head, you know? well it, it's it's well because I do feel like I don't know I do. I think about sports a lot in a way is that like why do I why do I relate to it why do people relate to it I've been having a lot of uh, existential uh, sports thoughts recently Mm -hmm. because uh, the Raiders traded a great player a great player and I'm like why do I care this much about this stupid team and it's like they got a coach that they gave a hundred million dollars in a ten year contract and so far in like less than a year he's like done a lot of dumb stuff and yeah. it's like i'm gonna have to follow this stupid team and they're sucked. moving too yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's like you get like it's like why do i care exactly why do people care about this you're like stuff? i got so many shirts yeah i have to i can't mm-hmm. i can't get that many new shirts it's so. really funny it's really funny to me because i think like i don't know oh who is it oh fuck oh fuck patrick is it patrick schroeder who has a joke probably he's heard, probably got a sports bit he i probably heard, got a joke. I, I feel like i heard this at a mic like years ago where he goes like oh i cry when i watch football and people make fun of me for that but hey if it wasn't for fo- and people make make fun of me for caring so much but if it wasn't for football i wouldn't have a relationship with my dad so there you go sure yeah, 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 just yeah. Like a fun i think it's such a funny joke and, me and such my- like a funny like idea of just being like yeah, can we all admit that this is just how we learn to connect exactly. with people? Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, you hug strangers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, me and my dad, we had season tickets to the Iowa Hawkeyes for, I mean, he still does, but uh, before I moved to New York, so that's like 15 years of us 
eight Saturdays of every year, yeah. you know, driving to Iowa City, which is like an hour and a half away, you know, drinking, hanging out, grilling all day long. Connecting then, on yeah. like a level that you don't, that you connect with humans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. That's how my, I, my, my parents never like gave me into sports or anything like that. But my mother-in-law loves, I, loves the Iowa State Cyclones too. And so like, and it's, I mean, I, she's great. She's wonderful. I love her. But it's weird having a mother-in-law. It's weird having a yeah. woman that you mm-hmm. care so much about who has only known you for like half a decade. You yeah, know? yeah. And so, but, and so that's the thing. Sometimes when there's a lull, we can just start talking about the Cyclones basketball press conference. And then there's a conversation. And it's oh, yeah. like, yeah. It's it's that it, that's still so even useful. like I said even now like uh, I I love that uh, there are certain comics that are you know sports fans so mm-hmm. uh, they'll come up to me and ask me directly about a Raider thing sure you know just as an icebreaker you know yeah um goddamn this has been this has been a great episode hell yes. Fuck yeah yeah definitely got a one bunch of my faves places. yeah yeah um Tim okay so the listeners they're the NFers now okay. they love you they're already on board they're, into they're, it, they're yeah. huge to it yeah um tell them where they can find you on the internet tell them where you can get your podcast all that kind of stuff sure sure so um my Twitter is Timothy Platt which I, I regret mean, it's good <laughs> going with Timothy at least it's not like the Platt in the hat or something no, you know what no, I mean no, no, no. um my Instagram is I am King Bozo sure um, because I used to, and still kind of do a thing where I like draw these little illustrations. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're great, a great artist. Great on the story. Very Shel Silverstein yeah, style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like leave him around. And yeah. For a while, it was I was King Bozo doing that because I mm-hmm. thought there was something romantic about yeah. being anonymous. But I don't care about that anymore. Um, <laughs> and then my podcast is on Forever Dog. You can find that on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher. And just to to explain what it is, yeah. it's a kind. It's it's loosely improvised. It's beaded out, but it's basically. Um, I'm going to do the little bit right now. Just sure, so sure, know sure, it sure, sure. It's a uh, hi. You're listening to Hampton High, the podcast that asks the question: What about WTF with Mark Marin? But from my school, <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host. I'm Hampton McKelvey. I'm a junior. And I'm talking to Rockville Prep's most interesting students, staff, and all the above. <laughs> Rockville Prep, go skunks! Uh, hello, everyone. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I love it. I so love it's it. it's a. I play like a high school character, and other comedians come on as. Other students or like faculty or something or faculty mm-hmm. or like oh, that's real cool. And so like someone will come in as like a a nerd, mm-hmm. but then someone will come in as like the woman who owns the house by the baseball field who won't get back the baseball. <laughs> so, you know, so like it's a really it, it's you know yeah that's great. So it's 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 all it's a character it's a character hosting. It's audio storytelling. It's all it is, yeah. it is audio storytelling. Yeah, boy, this guy likes sideways stories from Wayside uh, Elementary or what? Yeah, I baby, love that. Baby. But, yeah. And I do want to say because this is one thing we didn't talk about. The uh, if anyone's listening wants to talk to me about it later. Yeah, I also wanted to talk about Bruce Coville. Oh and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. animorphs. So if you guys listen. That's well, you know what? What, what we could do is, is I uh, will because we do fun size episodes. Maybe we'll have you back on sometime. We'll do a fun size just Met about animals or Bloom or Bruce, County. Yeah, or Bloom County. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. What was that, yeah, what was that fantasy book he wrote about like a dungeon and a castle? It was like uh, what? Lord of the Rings? No, Wait, no. Bruce Colville? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He did the ones that was like Jeremy Thatcher, Dragon Hatcher. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. And, that's um, it. Uh, 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 he yeah, had an autographed version. No shit. He came to our school. Hell yeah. And he was a pretty big deal for us. Because uh, we read all of the My Teacher is an Alien, My yeah. Stepmom's an Alien, and uh, another one. And that was a similar of like Aliens Ate My Homework, like mm-hmm. Search yeah. for Snow. That whole, I loved that little universe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's great. Uh, I remember getting the 
uh, scholastic book order. Oh, for sure. And, yeah. getting, and getting the three of well, them you know, being like, that's right. Reading is fundamental. And that's what we need to learn. <laughs> Emphasis on the fun. I, yeah. I used to do a lot of like children's theater and we go into schools and stuff. I remember one time going through a school and they had a scholastic book fair. Mm-hmm. And like, dude, I will say, I, like, I almost cry because I remember being a kid and being yeah. like, there was just so much stuff there that like, you know, your parents let you get one mm-hmm. and like there were comics and they were cool and they were like these these authors that you knew who were coming mm-hmm. out with new stuff that like, I don't know, I re- and I reread, I loved reading. I yeah, loved reading yeah. those books. I Plus, loved Shel Silverstein. I loved like... Kids authors, uh, authors I mean, are such brands sure. too. I know, I know. They, it's know? like they were strong brands that you could, I mean, I guess in a really crass way, it was you just like interacting with these brands that mm-hmm. like really, that were speaking to you, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's how, there was the same thing with, I believe his name was Matt, was it Matt Christopher? You yeah, see, he wrote all the sports, all the sports books. books. Yeah, it's like it's the same kind of thing. Um, uh, well, you to, can find. Well, oh. I want to say uh, uh, a thing that tux, t- touches on that. One of my friends that I grew up with in high school, she's a uh, elementary school librarian now, nice. and so her Instagram all the time. Like, I'll just be scrolling through Instagram, and I'll just see a school library with like a poster for like Ralph S. Mouse that's beautifully oh, framed on the wall. Yeah. That's and I'll God. just have like a meltdown where I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I. That's what my, I'm trying to get back to. <laughs> that's what I want. Right? Oh yeah, and I, I love, love her. Beverly clearly. Oh he, boy, he uses a ping pong ball as a yeah. bicycle helmet. I wrote her a letter once and told her that my favorite book of hers was Dear Mr. Hinshaw. And uh, which is a book about writing letters to an author, and she was like, "Well, she that's did very Benicula important too, yeah. right?" No, that's somebody else. Was, Maybe it is. I don't think so. She did Ramona, and she yeah, did. I uh, loved the Ramona books. Me too. Yeah. I yeah. loved the Ramona books. She's just a fantastic. Joey author. Ramona, Dee Dee Ramona. Too. Oh my! You get it. Gosh. You dumb fuck. Tell them where they can find you on the internet. Uh, Reamcore with a K. Type that on in, and you can find me. R e a m k o r e. Also, um, uh, how, check out House of Bricks comedy second uh, Friday of each month, and. Uh, we're winding down on the final episodes of 1994, the podcast. Hell yeah. I believe. So check uh, that out. Okay. You can follow me at PatrickHasty.com. Patrick Hasty uh, on all everything. P-A-T-R-I-C-K-H-S-T-A-E. Uh, listen to the podcast. Tell your friends. I have a new idea. Uh, we, we're at episode, what, 73, 74? Mm-hmm. By the time we get to episode 100, I think it'd be cool if we had, were making $100 a month on Patreon. <laughs> right? Yeah. And we or have no thousand. Sales, right? Yeah, or twenty five thousand, cool. you know. Uh-huh. But uh, but I think that's a cool little idea. So let's push that a hundred by a hundred, you know. And if you're already a Patreon subscriber, I'm not saying you have to donate more money. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying so we're gonna have like a pledge fund. We can figure it out. Yeah, do like a, that's what I'm thinking. Stuff like that. So uh, Patreon.com/slash Nostalgia Front for all that stuff. Um, tell your friends, be cool, never die, and remember, if you're not an NFer, you're an MFer. So, so get, get the, the fuck, fuck out of here. here. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs>